2: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
3: You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Locked On. Locked On. Locked
2: On. Locked On. Locked on. Locked on. Locked on. Locked on. On Welcome back to the Locked on Cowboys podcast presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. I am your host Marcus Mosier you can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier and joining me today as always is Landon McCool you can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. you can also listen to him on the best coast boys podcast Landon what is going on sir
4: not much we're in the middle of a week one we're doing the turnaround for week two so it's questions time and I'm sure I'm sure 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 there are lots of questions out there
2: yeah we're gonna get to all those questions in just a second. but I wanted to, to talk to you because the last time I talked to you about the Cowboys game uh, was right, like, what, ten, fifteen minutes after it ended? Yes. Now that we've had a full day and a half to kind of think about it and reflect on it, uh, how have your thoughts changed about what went down on Sunday night?
4: Well, I, I think, you know, just kind of going back over things and watching it, uh, it, it feels like I still... I feel like I still need a bunch of information. You know, it's yeah. like the thing about it is that part of this I think was a misevaluation of who the Rams were, and part of this is uh, the unique matchup that the Rams presented the Cowboys. That I think is kind of tough to again trying to extrapolate out one game to sixteen. I, I think uh, you know that it, we need a couple more points of data before we can confirm anything, but. You know, I, I think what I have, you know, generally come away with is as it stands right now, it as far as like path to victory, it feels like this team is going to require a very similar formula to what they were trying to do last year, to be honest. Where they, they're going to. Well, yeah, I
2: think so. I agree. Yeah. They,
4: I think they, they're going to need to try to find a way to score early. And get points going, and and then allow the defense to pin their ears ears back and attack the offensive blocking schemes and and quarterbacks as they try to catch up. I think that the problem in general seems seem to be that the Cowboys' offense, you know, and I think we I kind of summed this up a little bit last time, but just to kind of put a more crystal point on it. The Cowboys' offense, at least in Week One, and with the current lineup, you know, not including Leo Collins, really needed the uncertainty, pass run uncertainty, on the, uh, with the defense in order to thrive. And and we we yeah. we we kind of manifested that as they ran the ball too much on first down, which you know I tend to agree, and I think the stats bear out that the efficiency wasn't there. But more than that, I think they also struggled with. Passing the ball on third down in obvious third in obvious passing situations, and I think that I just
2: think they got to too many third downs.
4: Sure, well, certainly that, but again, but I mean, I think the problem there is is the reason they had struggled. I I think you should avoid third downs altogether. I agree with that, but I think that in general, without Lale Collins and with them having to compensate so much, especially without a tight end, I think too, they struggled in situations where they were predictable and run versus pass. Yeah, uh, and, sure. and I, I think that they will do better to try to keep teams off b- balance in that manner, and you know, kind of throw them off the trail there. And then on the other side with the defense, I think, and I think the offense, like that's fixable. I think it'll be better when Lale Collins is in there. I think that there are ways that they could work around it scheme wise. Mm-hmm. You know, times when they're not playing Aaron Donald that that will will help a little bit with that. But I, I think that on the defensive side, I have real concerns that they may not ever be a solid or even decent run defense. You know, like th- that no, may, that, that might be a problem for them, you know, for a while. So it's in the best interest for the team to get the, the other team to try to throw the ball a lot. Now, having said that, I will say that even though there was only one sack, you know, in the game on Sunday, I do feel like this defense is better equipped to attack a team that's trying to pass the football than they were last year. I think that they have the dogs to come after the quarterback in a way. You know, we only saw a couple of it, a couple of these snaps, but the snaps that they actually had their NASCAR package in, it was very effective.
2: Well, I would say that, you know, teams that are going to play action as much as Sean McVay does, which is basically, what, nobody? I mean, nobody's going to play action. San Francisco, to keep, maybe, yeah. yeah. In San Francisco, and teams that are so committed to running screens over and over and over again... Um, you know, those teams I do think are going to have a lot of success against the Cowboys. And frankly, those teams have always had a lot of success against the Cowboys. This hasn't been a team that's very good on, you know, play action and bootlegs. You go all the way back to uh, the 2018 playoff game against the Rams where uh, they just play action them to death and Dallas couldn't do anything to stop it. But I do think once you get into some more, I don't want to say traditional offenses, but offenses that are, you know, a little bit more... you know like what the Cowboys run I think they'll have more success and that's why yeah. I think Atlanta this week I think they have a better offense than the Rams and I don't think most people are going to disagree but I think Dallas actually matches up better against them uh, than what they do, you know, Los Angeles. And we'll see we'll see if the Cowboys are able to hold, you know, the Falcons under 24-28 points, but I do feel like you know, guys like Everson Griffin and Demarcus Lawrence, th- those kind of guys will have more success in this game than they did in week one.
4: I think the linebackers, um, too. Just let me just add the, the yeah, linebackers, yeah, too. I think Jalen Smith really had a, a terrible game. And, and frankly, even Leighton Vanderush, before he left, was not playing well. I, I think that, that that offense specifically is a linebacker killing offense. You know, it, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it, everything looks exactly the same up until the mm. moment where. You know, oh, it's not a handoff, it's a pass, and now it's a play action pass. And I think that really drives linebackers' keys nuts. And so I you know, it made everybody I, I think not that not that I'm making excuses because they played terrible even in the context of that, but I think it's very likely that you see a lot better linebacker play this week just because of a, a little bit more straightforward offense that they're facing.
2: It also doesn't help that it can't get any worse. I mean <laughs> no, no, listen, they they were pretty bad. And I guess a lot of that you can contribute to no or no preseason, no live tackling. There was a bunch of teams in the NFL that opted not to do any live tackling during training camp. Uh, the Cowboys were one of those teams, so you knew that the tackling was probably going to be inconsistent in week one. Um, you're hoping as you get further and further along in the season, uh, that improves. Um, let's pause so I can tell you guys about NFL Game Pass this season. Get football on your time with NFL Game Pass you can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and you can see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild combats and breakout stars from every game and every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. An NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many, many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL film's archives. Go to nfl.com slash game pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops.
3: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Okay, Lane, and this first one comes from at arguing underscore Cowboys. Um, He wants to know about the, the Cowboys offensive line. He said, were the offensive line struggles that you guys saw in large part affected by a lack of cohesion or do we have bigger issues to worry about? Um, before you answer that question, I want to I want to put this in here from Pro Football Focus. Uh, the Cowboys had the third worst pass-blocking offensive line uh, this week. Um, Terrence Steele, Joe Looney, and Connor Williams all graded out well below average. It was one of Zach Martin's worst games of his career, and Tyron Smith didn't play uh, as good as he usually does. So all the way around a pretty poor performance. Do you think that had to do with the Rams' defensive line, or was it just a bad game by their uh, their five offensive linemen there?
4: I still want to see what's going to happen. I, we haven't seen the All-22 yet, and I, I'm certainly not resting my opinion on what happened with the offensive line on, on, on sure. the grades. Uh, but I, I would say that you know the expectations for it, what we should have thought was going to be happening needed to be adjusted based on the fact that, you know, they started an undrafted free agent at right tackle. I I tend to think that he played not terribly. I mean, all things considered, but I obviously still want to see the end zone tape on that. But uh, I, I definitely think, I definitely will say that I agree that I thought that it was one of Zach Martin's worst nights. Um, I think a lot of that could, you know, be... Uh, put on the fact that he he faced Aaron Donald, who is maybe had his best game I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and I like I said, I mean I, I haven't watched it all, but I thought Lael, uh the Tyron played pretty well. Um, I thought that Connor Williams actually played decent at times and got a lot of bad rep for some for what, with some decent play well, at times. What's
2: unfortunate is some <laughs> Connor Williams can play so well for ninety nine percent of the game. And then he has one play against Michael Brockers, right, on the third down and six across midfield that turns into a sack that ends a drive. And that's what's so frustrating about offensive line plays, right? You can play so well, but one play completely turns out. People think you played in a, in a game.
4: Yeah, and that's usually the issue. With- and it's
2: not—it's not that it's you know not right either, right? Because that, those are huge game-changing plays as well.
4: Yeah, to a, to a large degree, but at, at the same time, like you know, the the margin of error, especially for someone that has a perception in the public media that is, you know, less than sterling, it, it, it's it's make made or break by one play, which is, you know, a, a a bad way to grade a player if you're trying to evaluate whether they need to be replaced. You know what I'm saying? So
2: sure, uh, it's just it's just the that's just the nature of offensive line play in the NFL, mm-hmm. though, right?
4: Sure, but I I don't think that. I think that there's a difference between you know what what the standard is for the coaches and what and their understanding of what is good offensive line play and the standard for the you know everyone consuming football who don't really understand that yeah like that one thing is extrapolated out for their larger play so I I, yeah I tend to think that I mean like I said I I still want to see it I I think that we can agree that offensive line you know pass blocking was an issue Um, but again I, I think that a lot of it had to do with with being too predictable and and not helping out their offensive line enough with uh you know mixing things up. There weren't, you know, I mean, I think the thing that was one of the more surprising things to me was just the lack of motion, the lack lack of shifts. Um, well, we should
2: probably talk about it because I, I don't know if you saw this from this morning, um, but this came out early on the East Coast time, but. Uh, Mike McCarthy had an interview this morning with um, 105.3 The Fan, and they asked him about the lack of pre-snap motion and that kind of stuff. And he said, honestly, it's going to be situational. It's not something that we plan on doing a lot. We'll have it in certain packages, but uh, we don't need it to be a successful offense. So I think that was kind of surprising to me because last year we saw the Cowboys pre-snap motion rise quite a bit under Kellen Moore. Is it fair to assume that we might see that drop back down this year?
4: Uh, you know what? Honestly, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at the point where I don't even know what to guess anymore. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that like, there's a whole contingency of people that are saying that, you know, eventually Mike McCarthy's going to take back the play calling or, you know, if, if he doesn't like what's going on. But at the same time, like, you know, shifts in motions, like, that's a Kellen Moore thing. That's not a. That's not a, a McCarthy. So he's clearly having some kind of effect on, yeah. on that sort of thing. And then having said that, you know, I, I think Joey brought it up in Joey Ice brought it up in our our uh, in our DM group. But I think that also beyond that, we had I I, I kind of had noticed a similar thing as well it's the route combinations the route the you know the the routes that they were running everything seemed very siloed everything seemed very kind of uh, uh vertical and and n- not a lot of crossing routes not a lot of west coast in- influence there you know we weren't mm. seeing the slant flats that are you know kind of the 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 I'm trying to think of the Jason Garrett equivalent. Maybe the well, the stop routes, I guess, would be yeah, the, the Jason, yeah exactly. You know, yep. that's that would be the equivalent. Is the kind of the thing that everyone, um, you know, in Green Bay was sick of him calling. Right? Was was the slant flats? We didn't see any really any of that. Um, it's it's. I guess what I guess what I'm getting at is that this seems like almost a backward backwards mix of what we expected of McCarthy and and, and more to me. Right, like it seems like the things that we thought that McCarthy would take from his offense to put into this offense, and the things that we thought that uh, Moore would take to put in his offense to put in this offense, it's almost like they took the other things, and and I'm I'm confused as to why. Maybe I'm not confused, but maybe I'm nervous. I guess is let me put it that way. I'm nervous as to how much. Uh, Linehan influence there still was in this pass in this passing attack, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like I guess my question now becomes, you know, is this was this more of a Dak killing more offense than, than we uh, than we were prescribing last year, and and if that's the I mean I, and I look it's one game like I've said so I'm not overreacting but I will say that it was kind of surprising how similar things looked. Specifically in the route concept aspect of it, just because, uh, you, I think, I think I expected that you know the combinations and the way that the routes were uh, put together in a concept would be strikingly different. And instead, what we saw was a lot of running to the sticks and turning around yeah. a lot more than I was comfortable yeah. with. That's for sure. Uh,
2: I'm not gonna panic yet. No, yeah, it's, it's week one, but if. We see a lot of the same things in the Atlanta game where it's a lot, you know, no pre-snap motion. Uh, And when there is, it's just a Mari Cooper kind of jogging without a lot of effort just across the line just to get to a spot. And then a lot of routes that don't get wide receivers on the move and not a lot of shots down the field. Um, That's when I'll start to get concerned. Uh, speaking of Jason Garrett did you watch the giants Steeler game last night?
4: I, I watched parts of it, Yeah.
2: <laughs> they, just, this, just in case you guys remember what what we're, uh, what, we, what we're missing from last year, uh, the Giants had 15 first down runs and they lost 12 yards. Just just want to throw that out there. 15 first down runs from Jason Garrett and they lost 12 yards. So mm. it's not all bad. It, it could be worse. I'll, I'll just throw that out there. Um, let's get to some more of your questions. Uh, this one kind of ties into what we were just talking about. This one comes from Nick. Do you think there's a chance that McCarthy will take over play calling duties at some point this year?
4: I mean, is there a chance, possibly? Do you I think mean, it's likely. I think it depends on how things go. Like, I mean, okay, I, so
2: let's play that out. What what would have to happen for McCarthy to take over play calling?
4: I they, think if they go zero three, I think it's happening. <laughs> like,
2: and that's it, what I—I I think that's what makes me so nervous about this upcoming game. Is you have a game against Seattle looming in Week Three, if you can't get a win here, it could—it could get ugly kind of quick.
4: Yeah, and 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 you know, I mean, again, not to pull it back even further, but like, how much of this is like really? I guess my like my concern here is that what happens if you get zero and three? And then suddenly you start making wild changes. That I mean, a, a large portion of this season is a throwaway season, right? Yeah. Like I mean, because part, like yeah. you know, of everything that's happened in the off season, no one has got a proper, you know, uh, uh, preparing for this. And and frankly, it was extremely disruptive to a new coaching staff coming in, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't mean anything for how we thought the team would come in and perform this season. I think we all thought that they would still come in and perform well. But as far as like the trajectory that this team has beyond this season and in in looking through the lens of a Mike McCarthy era, right? Like I I worry that things are, are thrown so off track that – they start making wild changes in order to try to write the ship for this season. When maybe there's a point where you should just be like this, things have fallen apart and they can't be recovered. And let's not destroy the ship to try to write it for the season. You know you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 there is a point where I think they should just naturally let things play out because if things are bad, then, then maybe either you need to change in a different direction and completely just go another direction, or you need to give these guys another shot. But either way, like trying to overreact to course correct a season that was broken from the start, maybe maybe a poor choice. So I I think the difficult. I guess what I'm saying is that I, I think that they need to be careful about what they do if they go 0 three because Jerry needs to either be a calming presence to say, look, uh, let's not swing wildly to make a lot of changes that are going to break things when we don't feel like we got a good evaluation. Or it, they need to lean into, okay, this is not the solution. Let's finish out the season and, and maybe rethink what we're doing. But but they hmm. can't go like halfway. Like what I don't want is them to like, you know, okay, McCarthy, you're, you've got 13 games to save your job. Now, you know, fire, you know, kill him more, blah, 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 which I don't think they necessarily would do because I think Jerry Jones loves killing more. But uh, but I I, I, that's where my concern is, is that, you know, things are very disjointed right now. I I think it's probably a better case to try to let it play out and see if things can course correct than get to a bad situation at 0-3 and then just start trying to change a whole bunch of things when we may not have even get, gotten good data on what this team is like in the first yeah, three, not, three not
2: weeks. Yeah, not wholesale changes yeah. like making McCarthy the sole offensive coordinator because I, here's what inevitably would happen, right? If McCarthy takes over calling plays, that's probably it for Kellen Moore in Dallas, right? He probably goes somewhere else where he can call plays Absolutely. after what yeah. they did in 2019. So are you really willing to throw him away after three games without your right tackle, losing your tight end? I mean, I know the schedule isn't the easiest in the world, but at the same time, you know, you've got the middle of the schedule gets really easy. And I did want to bring this up. Um, and we'll, we'll do it after a break. But I, I agree with you that you can't make huge changes early in this year, more than anything, right? September is going to be a complete um, – it, it's just going to be a disaster for a lot of teams in the league. And I think if you can get to two and two – Uh, If you can somehow survive that point you know the first quarter of the year i think you'll be okay Um, let's take a quick break so i can tell you guys about rock auto rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or your daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection,
0: reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Okay, Landon, I,
2: I was talking about this on Twitter a little bit last night, um, but just the expectations for the first month of the season. I know there's a lot of people that are uh, disappointed with, with, the, with the way the week one went. And I'm, listen, I, every time I think about that Ramsey play, I still get upset. So yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm still disappointed. But... Bill Parcells uh, a, a long time ago was talking about the, your philosophy in the first quarter of the season. You basically, you just want to be two and two, and potentially three and one if you can get there. As as you kind of get an idea of what your team is, I feel like that's even more true this year uh, with no real offseason, no preseason, a new head coaching staff, and listen. The fact of the matter is there's a good chance the NFC East isn't very good, right? Philadelphia has already dropped a game inside the division. Uh, I, Washington, that was a great win, but we both don't think they're real contenders. Uh, the Giants look absolutely atrocious on, on both sides of the ball. Uh, so it, it's not—again, if they can get to 2-2, two and two, they're probably going to be fine. Uh, I, I don't think it's you're going to need to win 11, 12 games to steal this division— should we be panicking yet about this uh this week one loss, you know? I mean, I know a lot of people are upset with the expectations that this could be maybe the number 1 or number 2 seed in the NFC. Are you worried yet?
4: No. I mean, again, this is one of 16 of these. This is an absolutely unique off-season that we've had. We faced an offense that is, you know, probably one of the top 5 offenses uh to handle this kind of situation right because they have they have continuity there they have a lot of the same players there um they you know they have a coach got
2: one of the best play designers in all football yeah
4: and and again it's and and not even just that it like a play designer who specifically designs simplified packages that they don't Mm -hmm. run a ton of plays they only run a couple of them but the key is that they make them look all the same which makes it incredibly difficult even if you prepare for it because there's just no preparing for seeing the same thing for the first three seconds of a snap and then it changing suddenly. So I I think that that is, you know, something to consider. It is a very, very, very small sample size. Uh, and and I think that there is still plenty of time for them to figure out a way to ride the ship, to figure out, figure, you know, course correct what what they have gone wrong and, and again, like I also think that there's something to the idea that we didn't – we haven't – this is the only game we've seen of this coaching staff, right? So mm-hmm. we, we need more information to even know what they're trying to do, you know? So I, I think that we get through two or three of these games and they are starting to look the same and it's it's more of the same. I think that that that's when we could start worrying and really the the worst the worst case scenario for me is what we discover is that Kellen Moore and Dak you know by proxy of supporting Kellen Moore really was a fan of the offense that we had here previously you know Mm -hmm. and that that really they they really weren't that far away from wanting to change things and if that's the case then we got to have a whole nother conversation in the offseason if kellen moore is even a guy that we want you know on this as the offensive coordinator but uh i guess where where i'm at now is that we still have a lot of information to to find out about who this team is the season is i mean it's it's what it's 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 never over after the first week anyways but even beyond that all the, the the decent teams in the NFc East, which is really just us and Philly uh lost so you know we, we were provided another opportunity to kind of you know continue to, to, to play out things a little bit longer I, I there's definitely things here that I see that are uh, frustrating and scary for as far as you know whether this team has learned anything or developed but I also think that uh, we they they have earned and they deserve. Uh, more opportunity to kind of come out and and show who they are before we completely, fully panic on them. Yeah,
2: a couple things. Even if the Cowboys go 0-3, and there'll be a lot of people complaining and getting a little nervous, including myself, the schedule does loosen up quite a bit after that. You have three straight home games against the Browns, Giants, Cardinals. You're going to be probably pretty big favorites in all of those, I would assume. And then after that, you've got a game against Washington and, and Philadelphia. Even if they start off 0 oh, and 3, it's not that hard to envision them getting back to 3 and 3, 4 and 3, potentially even 5 and 3 before they take on the Steelers. So just keep that in mind. I will say the one thing that does make me a little nervous, and you get to a point where you can't overcome it, is the injuries. Um, you think about how many injuries the Cowboys have already had. You know, after one week, uh, go back to Gerald McCoy. You lost your starting three technique for the season. Um, Sean Lee is going to be out for the next couple of weeks. Lyle Collins is out for the next two games at least. I won't be surprised if that's a little bit more than that. Uh, Leighton Vanderess is probably going to be out till your Week Eleven game after your Week Ten bye. Um, you know, Blake Jarwin, your starting tight end, he's out for the season. So you do get to a point where it's just too hard to overcome the injuries, and teams that are just healthier at the end of the season are going to have better chances to to advance. But uh, This is a big game. I think if the Cowboys can win this game in week two, I think that'll help kind of calm the nerves a little bit. I also don't think it's necessarily the worst thing in the world for the Cowboys to get this one loss out of the way. You know, get a road loss out of the way. They were getting a lot of hype in the preseason. Uh, There was a lot of excitement. Basically, get them, you know, knock them down a level. Let's see what kind of mental uh resolve they have uh in this upcoming game against atlanta who uh they can present some interesting challenges themselves um any last thoughts before we leave Lanham?
4: yeah, I mean I think that this team is still uh has as talent the much talent as we expected you know i I just think that they it needed to it's tough having z- zero preseason you know and I think especially for a team with 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 a new coaching staff so we, we need to give them a little bit of leeway and we need to remember that it's uh, a long season and there is still plenty of time for them to absolutely show exactly what they have and course correct a little bit.
2: That is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, make sure you download the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB and I'm at Marcus underscore Mojer and we will see you next time.